Before we get into this week's lineup of news, I did want to make a channel announcement that the following episode is actually recorded in video, not just audio. So for those curious on how it looks or just enjoy actually seeing us talk instead of just listening to us, uh, you can head over to YouTube. Uh, we will drop a link in the description. Uh, it's, it's not exactly what we had envisioned for video recording, uh, at least originally, but it's certainly the general direction we want to work towards. And just to clarify, the debatable episodes that we upload every Saturday or Sunday uh, will continue to be done in audio only, uh, but we are pushing towards the newscast episodes to be recorded in video. Uh, and then kind of just a quick recap on how we've come along. Uh, June 10th, 2022, we uploaded our first episode to RSS, uh, which was available on a select few platforms like Spotify and have since then worked our availability up to over seven podcast platforms. Back on November 18th of last year, we uploaded our first video to YouTube. However, every video upload till this point has only included audio. Just some brief stats for you guys. We've had over 1,200 hits on RSS, which includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and uh, many more. Over on YouTube, we've had nearly 700 views, working our way up to 1,000. So uh, we really do appreciate you guys supporting us and checking in uh, every week for all the news and topics we cover. Uh, we're definitely excited to be taking one more step to improve our channel. And as time progresses, we will continue to refine various aspects of our episodes uh, to make them more enjoyable for all our viewers and listeners on the multiple platforms that we currently populate. We also continue to encourage you guys to pass along our channel to others you think who might be interested. And as always, like, comment, and definitely subscribe. So without further ado, we will jump right into this week's tech news, rumors, and updates. So if you were looking to buy a brand new product, Riley, and found out that it wouldn't be repairable in any way by the manufacturer, even with a deductible as part of the repairs or whatever, uh, would you still buy it? No. no. Well, one of Google's shiny new kit on the block uh, coming up at just about a year old is the Pixel Watch. And even after 11 months of the product being on retail shelves, the watch is not repairable. Uh, according to a Google spokesperson uh, that reached out to one of the online tech news publications, he stated that you would have to buy a new Apple Watch as there are no parts or repair program for the product as of yet. Which kind of scared me a little bit there. I did not know that that was actually a, an issue for that uh, for that watch. Yeah, neither did I. I was not even aware of that. Just add another one to the you can't repair this bucket. <laughs> <laughs> which which is interesting because we do have some repair notes later on in, in the episode. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you'd basically either have to buy a maybe a broken one on eBay that might have the part you need in good condition, or you just shell out another few hundred dollars for the smartwatch. So it, it's just kind of crazy. And um, yeah, especially considering that that smartwatch hasn't gained all that much traction. Uh yeah, pretty In much. In the first-gen iteration, you would likely have to settle for the latter. Uh, yeah, and it makes you wonder about the next-gen watch that's set to debut in about two weeks. So, Yeah, honestly, although it's kind of counterintuitive since Google is always about, you know, 
being all up in your information. Um, but in terms of actually like device itself, I really felt like they wouldn't be doing that kind of thing. Um, they've done so well to release amazing products. It just seems honestly reputable, I think, that they would actually enforce that. And is it just the watch or is it also their uh, Pixel series? No, the Pixels are fine. The Pixels actually have, they have a repair program. And yeah, I think even according to iFixit, uh, the watch actually seemed to be quite repairable. They had a good repair score on there compared to other smartwatches and products. Hmm. So it was just kind of surprising. I, I couldn't believe that. So I had to bring that up as, as an intro topic just because uh, I, I feel like it's worth stating and, and probably somewhat of a cautionary note for those who are either looking at that uh, or p- potentially thinking about the Pixel Watch 2. So Yeah, for sure. Um, this is just a quick thing right here. So Google Meet and Zoom call support will be ending for the Nest Hub Max by the end of this month, September. From what Google states, people will still be able to make calls on the device. They just won't be able to utilize these two programs for video calling. Hmm. Nothing much really else to say here other than that's going to be the end of this for the Nest Hub Max, even though neither of us have used that. But, uh, didn't know if you had any comments about this specific um, of this. You know, I have a hard time keeping up with uh, in-home smart home hubs. Yeah, so, actually me too. You know, Amazon and Google and I think, I, I believe uh, Meta has theirs as well. So it's kind of hard to keep track of all that uh, just because I'm more, a little more skeptical about those types of devices just because they're always set up and you know you never know what's going on so uh do you actually know when that particular model was launched or does it state that september 9th 2019 so it's been quite a few years four years yeah i can see that makes sense it does i mean it's it's had a decent rise it's had a decent ride i suppose but uh yeah yeah that is a that is a bit uh, interesting though. Um, if this was like two years ago, that would make me question why yes. they'd be getting rid of that so early. But a- absolutely, absolutely, I, I agree with four that. Four years, um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Even apparently on the article, actually, uh, it stated that Zoom had actually made this announcement back in July that uh, it would no longer be in support for the uh, Nest Hub Max. So this oh, is something okay. we actually missed quite a few months ago, but. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like we we have such already we have such lengthy episodes even between our newscast and the debatable episode that <laughs> there's just there is always going to be something that we miss, whether it's always tech related, car related, uh, even general news related. Uh, there's always going to be something that we just can't jam into the set list. So uh, that's not surprising. However, uh, yeah. And I mean, when you consider all the newer products out there, especially with the Pixel tab, uh, and actual that dock that comes with it. So it's I can yeah. see a lot more people, you know, clamoring to that uh, newer product. So it's understandable. But um, moving on to a cellular company. Uh, T-Mobile is really making some crazy ambitious strides over the past five years. And for some who are eager to see what they will do next, Some will be just as curious to hear that they are looking into expanding their ability to provide internet to the home beyond just 5G 
home internet service that they currently provide. Okay. According to sources who have corresponded with a spokesperson from T-Mobile, that while they didn't make any confirmations, they did say that fiber optic internet has long been an interest for the cell giant that has uh, been successfully competing with the likes of Verizon and AT&T in the wireless service department. Yeah. Uh, the news continues in that they could potentially work with the Tillman Fiber Company and a private equity firm known as North Leaf Capital Partners to achieve the fiber-to-home ambition. Uh, currently, T-Mobile does have their feet in the water with fiber, but only in New York and Colorado. And with this newly revealed information, uh, could open the door for more states to gain competitive internet pricing uh, between some of the uh, top fiber optic companies out there. I would assume you'd be paying a heck of a lot more for that tier, probably. Uh, it depends, because here's the thing. You have to construct the network and account for the costs, but you also have to understand uh, what the competitor is offering as well. And a lot of these fiber optic companies are offering some decent packages at competitive prices that even put Charter to shame, uh, considering some of their speeds and Charter. packages. So it, yeah. it, it is true, but yeah, you kind of have to take that into consideration as a company, not even as a consumer, but as a company kind of seeing, okay, what can we offer? What are we capable of? And what would people uh, kind of cater around to? So it's a good point, Riley. It is. Um, and I'm hoping it wouldn't be that as high as some could suspect. But uh, yeah, I'm just kind of curious. It's good. Yeah, no, that's great. Glad T-Mobile is actually doing that. And knowing them, they will make certain that uh, the process is done efficiently and that the end product is made well. So, Yeah, and I mean, like, like, there's no, like I said, there's no confirmation necessarily, but the fact that if they're they looking did, into yeah, it and it's it. an interest, yeah. yes, exactly. It would be extremely beneficial, and who knows, it could create work for me, someone like me who actually does uh, fiber optic uh, design work prints. So that's hmm. something on both levels that I'm appreciative of. So, Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So last week, we talked about the Nintendo Switch 2, or what both JD and I would hope it would be called the Super Nintendo Switch or the SNS. Yeah. High hopes there. Well, now we may actually have some plausible information regarding the performance of this yet-to-be-released yet to device. Yeah. This actually stems from another topic we've been mentioning, and that's Microsoft's acquisition of Activision. Yes. In a briefing released by Chris Shenak, Schnackenberg, I think that's how I pronounce it. Um, we put your names on the show if you haven't we caught do. on. So it's, it's it's not like you know, it's it just happens. It does. Uh, <laughs> he's the uh, head of Activision's platform strategy and partner relations. Yep. He essentially says that Nintendo's next gen will be compared to that of the PS4 and the Xbox One. The <laughs> article goes on to read that Schnackenberg. <laughs> Even the name. Even the name. It's got to be German. Um, That he actually had a direct briefing with Nintendo last year, so it's entirely plausible that what he's saying here is true. Now, regarding this, I do believe this will come to fruition. Main reason is because the Xbox One and PS4 released in the exact same year of 2013, which by now would be a pretty outdated piece of CPU and GPU, even though they, they are still fairly powerful consoles 
Yeah. So for Nintendo to acquire this performance would actually not be that far off of all things considered. But no, I mean, what did what did you make of all this? Do you think it will happen, or you think this guy's just making a shot in the dark? Or, um, you know, at first when I started hearing this stuff, I kind of did think it might have been like a shot in the dark, like you're saying. Uh, but mm-hmm. when you start to think about it and kind of contemplate, yes, this was like 2013, 2014 consoles. Uh, I think it is achievable. I don't think it's it's yeah. too far stretched. Um, if they were talking like PS5, Xbox Series X, then I would be extremely questioning this because uh, the Switch uh, chassis and package as a whole, I don't feel is capable of those newer feats. And, no, I don't uh, think so they either. Take a heck of a lot of cooling and powerful components to to the achieve Legion such Go. A, yeah. <laughs> the Legion Go. That's it's where like, it's at right now. Yeah, that's yeah. something that. Well, well, it's suspectedly, yeah, because we we can't uh, confirm what the realistic uh, expectations right. is. But based on the specs, yes, that is something to aspire to in theory. Uh, but yeah, I think this would really bode well for uh, for Nintendo um, as well as those who are, are uh, the Nintendo loyalists and fans and, and gaming. Um, I can't really say too much else to that effect. Uh, I, I did mm-hmm. see some of the, the specs as far as how it's compared to certain GPUs and uh, the CUDA cores that they have. Uh, so... I'm kind of looking forward to this because it's not. It sounds like it's not just a next gen with some small iterations. It sounds like there actually could be some Increased much desirable improvements. Yes, yeah. exactly. And that yeah. higher chipset um, in the modern consoles, I do think that Nintendo has the capability in the future to actually um, attain that. But right now, it just they doesn't. Do it just doesn't seem like it. Yeah, and you also have to think about what their goal would be. Are they going to go back to, or would they offer a secondary console that would be stationary where it could be a little bit more expansive and harness that type of power inside of a bigger chassis? So it's kind of hard to say. Um, I don't really think Nintendo is that type of company to kind of pursue that. Uh, I think they know that they're... Uh, their get their gamers are very loyal and they love those type of unique even classic games that are uh, have been known by that company so yeah uh, i don't really think they have a whole lot to worry necessarily i think the switch has done very well yes i do think it's time for an upgrade a refresh to improve the product uh but i don't really think that there's anything that they need to go crazy over uh to um stay in the game no pun intended so yeah, we'll have to see how that works for them uh, for yeah. next year. Because this we, is rumors. We did hear rumor, rumor of that actually happening next year, which actually seems more plausible than this whole, you know, GPU and CPU uh, rumor here. But, yeah, we'll have yes. to see. We'll keep you guys updated on uh, yeah. what happens there. So, uh, moving yep. on to deals. Uh, this one, the AirPods Pro 2nd Gen uh, with the USB-C MagSafe case is $50 off on Best Buy, which brings it down to $199. However, Already? if you also do... Yeah, they yeah they actually did. It's pretty wild. I know. It's just... You never know that... You never really think about that with Apple, that they do that. Because normally the only companies that do that is Samsung or maybe Samsung, even Google. maybe Google. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that Best Buy is jumping in on that is crazy. And then you can also save up to eighty more dollars when you do a trade in. So it's a topple uh, deal on that. So 
Those are the second they accept, they accept trade-ins? Yeah. On the, on the AirPods? Oh, that's interesting. I might actually look into that. I didn't realize they were doing that because that's something that I'm trying to look into as far as, like, do they offer trade-ins because yeah. I would like to have the USB-C AirPods Pro. So They can actually be trade-ins from basically anything. V-Moda, JBL, HyperX, uh, Bose, Beats, all that stuff. And then you just choose cool. the model family, the color, the fit, and then you see how much you get back in that. Which, honestly, it makes sense because this is Best Buy and they normally carry those types of things. So they could refurbish yeah, them and true. sell them back. So, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. It was kind of funny because I saw a post on uh, X from uh, Mark Gurman on how some of these reviews on Apple and the products and the event, some of the information is just kind of a little out there. And uh, one of them was talking about how the new AirPods Pro with the USB-C has like improved, I guess, audio quality or something and battery life, And hmm. even though the specs haven't changed. So it's kind of like there's this... Uh, uh, placebo effect, I guess you could say, with with these new products. That makes sense. Really, only a refresh. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of like, okay, where are you coming from that? But so is Germans. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. moving on to uh, another deal, actually with Xbox, the Seagate storage expansion card for the Series X and Series S uh, is down from 220 to 150 dollars for the one terabyte card. And down from 400 to 280 for the two terabytes. So if you're looking to get some more storage on your Series X or uh, Series S, that's uh, definitely a plausible way to do it. Yeah, that is actually a really good deal right there. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm was half tempted to do it as well, except we're kind of tight on money. So yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Moving back along here to our uh, major news today, I think. Uh, and maybe you might uh, disagree with this, JD, but I think the old OnePlus that we know and love is emerging from the shadows, if you will. Now, I don't want to jinx anything, so hopefully <laughs> me saying this doesn't cause them late. to release <laughs> <Yeah>. some <laughs> crazy thing. Uh, right. But images have surfaced from the company themselves showcasing the OnePlus Pad Go. This would be basically a mid-tier entertainment tablet, according to the CEO of OnePlus, Kinder. And would take on a 144 hertz display, uh, and that display would be 11.6 inches. As far as cost or performance or even camera quality, we really don't have a whole lot uh, of info with that. However, this yeah. tablet would see sort of a smooth transitional ecosystem where all your calls, storage, and pretty much anything else um, would be saved and connected through your OnePlus devices. This seamless transition of multiple devices is something that both Apple and Samsung uh, do very well and have done have done very well in the last few years, especially with Apple's own pads. So to yeah, see OnePlus actually do this would be great news for buyers. And aside from all of that, we really don't have a whole lot of info um, for you guys at this time. But uh, do you have any comments about this specific tablet? Or I don't know. Um, I'm always wondering. If you're adding one more product to the lineup when you already have one there, uh, what benefit does that offer? So I'm guessing it's maybe some cost over performance. I mean, clearly that sounds like the right goal Yeah. Uh, when, when they call it the, what was it, the OnePlus Pad Go. So uh, yeah, I mean, the continuity you're talking about, I can definitely see that as being a, a major advantage. Uh, between you know their their, their phone the the tablet and yeah. uh, the watch so um, I'm just I'm, I'm I guess I'm glad to see that they're trying to 
kind of cater towards that lower end because I feel like yeah. a lot of people are trying to push that higher end, you know, with Samsung. Uh, I guess you could say technically Apple, although they do have those, um, you know, like the, the base iPad and the iPad Air. Uh, they have yeah. a lot more different tiers. They, I actually, they do. I actually yeah. think to kind of, I kind of disagree with your point uh, that it's just adding another device because last year we saw them, well, and even the year before that, uh, there was just one phone device that they released. Yeah. I feel like you've got to, I think I said this before in a previous episode, you have to have a balance between like four or five different devices and just one. I think two or three is like right where you want to be. Maybe four, but past that, it's just kind of crazy. So um, I'm actually, I'm actually more glad, if that's the right way to say it, I'm actually more glad that they are releasing a secondary tablet. Um, yeah, and you know, doing more of those types of things, I think, would allow there to be more buyers in their ecosystem. I feel like that just makes that's, more sense. But that's true. I mean, it, it's kind of like when you think about it, it's kind of like how we do our podcast. Uh, you know, we've been adding some another episode, possibly a third one that's been in the talk uh, to our channel, which is, you know, listed more views. So, yeah, you have some more products. You could get some more buyers. I, 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 I see the I see the positive side of it for sure. Uh, I guess it just kind of depends on how it fares and, yeah. and how many people. That's Plus, I, it also depends on one plus because I can never quite trust them on what model is going to be available in what region. So that's <laughs> yeah, another that's whole aspect true. that I hate to think about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that just reminded me of the watch they released where it was yeah, only exactly. available in one place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So can't do that to me, man. But um, yeah. Which is actually, I, this is not, I was, it was in the set list. I decided to uh, 86 it because. I wasn't really sure about how well it would do in the market, but we've mm-hmm. got some rumors about nothing and the CMF sub company that they have, and we've already seen some rumors about the watch. And evidently, they're going to have one that's a entitled, per the rumors, a Watch Pro. Which already it didn't really make any sense to me why you would have a company that even Carl Pay has stated it was supposed to be geared towards kind of the lower end, low budget type of consumers. Yeah, and yet you're going to have a model called the Watch Pro. Uh, that kind of threw me off a little bit because I'm wondering why that would be the case. That's something I feel like nothing would actually do as as far as the brand name. Yes, uh, but I not agree. CMF. So, uh, yeah, there's there's been some skeptical aspects to it, uh, and I think one of the biggest things is, and that's the reason why I didn't really put it on, or at least have it in the actual set list, was it's the uh, the announcement is supposed to take place in India, mm-hmm. which they're wondering yes. if the product is going to stay in India as far as availability. So that's the other side to it. Uh, I think they converted like the, the uh, what are those the rupees or something? They converted yeah. it to USD and it was like fifty five or sixty bucks. So r- when you look at the pricing conversion, it's pretty unlikely that you're going to see it come to the states. But anyway, that's just yeah. a side point to what OnePlus is doing as, as far as the pad go. But exactly taking it back to Google though, uh, I had some seriously, I had seriously contemplated whether I wanted to showcase this quote-unquote retraction, I guess you could say, 
uh, on a rumor that we had previously voiced on a prior episode. But considering that this is such a critical piece of the future of Pixel phones in the upcoming months, here it is. Uh, According to an insider, it looks as though that due to a chip development delay from TSMC, Google will continue to stick with Samsung's Exynos-based chipset node uh, for their phones. So as I was expecting on a... An even better improvement on the Pixel 9. It looks as though there will only be minimal improvements and looks to be the same for even the 2025 uh, production I did, as well. I did see that, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's a bit of a downer right there because I was expecting a lot from that. But yeah, I mean, that's just the way it goes right now with uh, shortages and stuff like that. Really can't do much about it, so... Hopefully they release no. that in the uh, 10 series. We'll have to see if that uh, comes to fruition. Yeah, I mean, same thing. And that, that's the other thing is like I part of me doesn't like to bring these up because I never know what's happening. It's kind of like the whole entire thing that happened last year with the iPhones. Oh, the price isn't going to increase. The price is going to increase, and it never did. And I feel like right. that's something that typically happens year over year with Apple specifically. But it's just one of those things that I don't like to go back and forth. But – in this case, I feel it probably should be stated just because uh, that was a huge impact on, on where, we, where we see the Pixel phones going. So, Exactly. Man, that stinks. Um, well, this, this is a pretty wild one, so just uh, hold on to your rumpus there. Since last Wednesday, which is uh, September 13th, there's been an uproar in the UN regarding the iPhone 12. Um, and this all started when France publicly announced that they would no longer be selling uh, the 2020 model for the concern of high radiation than internationally legalized. Hmm. The legal electro, electro this I love science, but this this is the large word. So the legal electromagnetism, which causes the radiation, is one excuse me is four watts per kilogram. However, after allegedly running multiple tests on the 12, France found that it was about 5.74 watts per kilogram of energy output. Now, after this, Apple contested, as they normally would, that these devices were tested by Apple and third parties internationally and were were verified to be under the allotted limit. Uh, then Apple told all of their employees to keep quiet about all of this if anyone would question this ordeal. Apple did tell its employees that if someone does ask about it, they either say, have no comment, or reinforce the idea that basically all phones have been tested and verified to meet international standards. But then France and many other countries in the UN at this point, I think that includes Germany and a couple others, I can't remember, um... They told Apple to release a software update that would combat the amount of radiation coming off of the phone or they would no longer be selling it. The last part of the story here is that Apple is in the works to release an update to do just that. Now, some of you at home may be wondering, how can you release an update that would decrease radiation? Why would it admit this much more energy now if it was approved and met international standards back in 2020? And why is France bringing this up now? Well, there have been many possible theories that have arisen, and one of them is that a new iPhone 12 is powered on, and when it's searching for a signal, it emits that higher frequency 
uh, or that uh, higher amount of radiation at that time. Um, and that would obviously make for some high concerns. Another theory is that France has a much stricter level of how much radiation can be outputted, which mm. if that is the case, why would France suddenly bring it up a day right after the Apple event, mind you, right now when the iPhone, that iPhone is now three years old. This is where the speculation comes into play. So, JD, I will let you give your take first on your first take on this ordeal. You may ask any question you like. I will do my best to answer it. <laughs> you saw that coming. Um, yes. Actually, I, I don't. I don't think I have any questions right off the bat. Surprising. Um, I said a lot there. You did. You did. Uh, I guess. Uh, I'm not sure if you were asking this rhetorically, but th- you wouldn't believe how much software updates impact what a phone can do and, you know, how it works. Uh, matter of fact, I've, I've seen this happen a lot when it comes to mechanics and vehicles because so much of that stuff is software controlled. And things yeah. like, you know, how much the valves are opening, how quickly they're opening, how much um, fuel is being let into the chambers and stuff like that, all sorts of facets of an engine it can be controlled via a software update yeah, or, or adjusted. Exactly. So it's pretty imp- impressive how far we've come. So I can definitely believe like what you're saying, uh, they're trying to release an update to adjust it because they can change uh, how strong that signal is searching based on the components via the software. Yeah. So that part definitely makes sense to me. Uh, the irony that they're trying to or the irony that oh no, they're, they're not trying to France is making them. Is that what you were saying? Or requesting well, them to do so? Re- they're requesting to release the software update. Otherwise, they will not okay. allow the 12 to be sold anymore. Gotcha. Which is kind of... I... If I were Apple, I would be surprised if they did release an update. Because here's the thing. I don't really think a 12th gen is going to make that much impact on, you know, the revenue. Yeah. Especially considering that thing is because the 15 came out, I actually saw in the article that they discontinued the 12 on their website. Yeah, um, exactly. So and I don't that, really think it's going to make that much problem. Yeah, but that's still. It also mentioned that the new newer 12s you can still buy online and in marketplaces. So even I mean, that, then, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it's weird, and it's just right now in the middle of all of this. Again, right after the Apple event, it just seems highly suspect. I think. Why did um, it take them that long? I know, right? What is it three years to realize this? That part is just way off. Three I don't, years, I don't yeah. even get that. And that's what why it's it's becoming such a major concern right now. Unless unless the stipulation is changed and France got even more strict, I don't understand the backstory to it all. So that I'm not. Yeah, that is really a weird. I, I don't know. Weird news topic right there. Um, I can't say that I'm surprised that when the signal is low or whatever, it's trying to search harder because that also affects your battery, yeah. which is why a lot of people put their you know their phone in airplane mode uh, if they're like in like comp, you know hiking or whatever, yep. uh, just because the the cell signal and they want to save the battery for you know later on. That part makes total sense. Uh, but yeah, that is really... Was there anything else to that that item? 
Um, there may have been a couple things that I missed, but that's basically the gist of the story. I've looked through gotcha. multiple articles uh, just to kind of get some different uh, information that one article may not have stated. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and a funny thing was is I actually saw this article, one of these articles last week, and my mother-in-law mentioned this to me because she saw it online. She sent me the link. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Maybe that is actually something to this. Uh, and so I actually told her I would I would put it on, on this week's episode. So there you go, uh, mother-in-law. Um, but yeah, it's it's really weird. Uh, and I think I think there's reason for concern. I also think maybe this is overreacted just a bit. I really can't tell because you never know with mobile devices. They do they do emit that radiation to an extent. Oh, they do. Yeah. Which is why you That's why should go ahead. No, I was I was probably gonna follow up with what you were gonna say, which is why they actually recommend you not, you know, have the phone close to you when you're sleeping. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's exactly on point. Yeah. So, so and that, they actually No, go ahead. Uh they actually have and I saw this on one thing because they uh, Apple posted on their form, they actually have limitations for how far you're supposed to keep it from your head, and it depends on the phone. So, and obviously yeah. Apple knew this to begin with, and that's why they released that form just now, because those are those, um, those are those, um, there we go. Uh, those are the things that they released because they figured maybe some people might say, hey, this isn't supposed to be like this. And they say, well, here's what we've got. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's all crazy. It's, I'm kind of like trying to cover their own butt in the middle of all of all this. I don't. I'm not going to necessarily say that it's true. I'm not going to necessarily say that it's false. It's just, it's hard to tell at this point. There, I feel like there needs to be a little more data. Unless you actually see, like, one side being more um, plausible than the other. I don't know. It's really weird. I mean, it's not that I question France's concern. Yeah, no, I don't I, I think that's important. I, I think that's uh, that's the right yes. way to go about it. Uh, but I, like we said, I, th- I think it's the timing. And it's a little odd about Apple's approach to it, especially internally. That's a little mm-hmm. bit suspect as well. Yeah. So there's just, yeah, there is just a lot going on that makes you wonder what the heck is, is, uh, <laughs> is driving all this. So, exactly. uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure that'll probably be something that we'll follow up later on because as always, it's, there's more to the story. Yep. But, uh, closing out, actually, this does, uh, coincide right along with Apple. Uh, there isn't a whole lot of complexity to this, this final item here. And, um, other than the many consumers would be relieved to know that Apple is pushing to reduce the cost of repairs on their iPhone. As a matter of fact, they have. Uh, as we noted in yep. our recent weekend episode, Apple improved the internal structure and design of their iPhones. And as such, we are now seeing just how much of an impact the cost to repair, especially for pro users, uh, has taken. So, Last year, we saw this take place with the baseline iPhones, and now pro users only have to spend between $170 to $200 to have their phones repaired if the back glass was busted. Um, and that may still sound like a lot, but when you consider that they used to cost between $500 to $550 yeah. for the Pro and Pro Max, that is a major I was, reduction no. Yeah, Yeah, I was just going to say uh, I didn't think that was high at all in comparison to that because I figured it was about 500 or yeah. somewhere in that range. 
But uh, no, yeah, that's great. When and that was one of the things that actually JD and I were very surprised to see on that Apple event. And one of the things More that repairable. we actually loved yeah. about the 15 Pro and Pro Max was that ability to do that. Um, and I feel like once Apple starts seeing that this is for the better for consumers. Yeah. They'll start doing a lot more of this, I think, if they're actually really thinking about this logically, really using some reason in all of this. I mean, you just got to think about what would be the best for consumers to keep buying your products um, and just limiting them like they've done in the past. Really, I don't think that's really helped them a whole lot. But now now that they're doing this, you can, you can see the evidence just right now. Like just JD said, it's like all of that's gone to like half at most um price cut it's crazy yeah, it, it is really impressive and i think the fact that we, we've kind of talked on this and um probably maybe beaten a dead horse who knows um i think we got close just how you know they're trying to pursue the carbon neutral aspect of it all yeah well when you increase the repairability of the phone even though it might hurt you as far as revenue in some way shape or form a consumer is far less likely to buy a newer product if they can repair it at a lower cost. So mm-hmm. that's also beneficial too because you're not spending so much money on, you know, newer parts or whatever. So it's it's kind of one of those things and I I think the fact that they're trying to push this and look at how repairable a product is, uh like you're saying Riley is really is really amazing and um I'm glad that they're pushing this uh, for sure because uh, I think as a consumer myself, uh, if you see like a crack, the, the back is cracked and busted, it, you're, it's one more reminder, oh, I probably do need a new iPhone. <laughs> you know? So versus, yeah. oh, it's still in good shape. I feel like it's still running okay uh, even though I'm on an iPhone XS and the software is slowing me down. Um <laughs> Exactly. As, that as point, we all suspect. Actually, the 10 is next yeah. for the cutthroat there. The, the 10? Or the, you said the 10S? Well, the 10 series. They will probably, won't, won't be getting updates probably. I think it's next year. Uh, I year think, it, yeah, the, the, the 10S would probably be next year. The 10 actually did get the X this year for iOS 17. So, Okay. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There's... So many. I mean, they do have. They do have them. I mean, when you think about. So you got the 10s. You got the 11, 12, 13, 14, and now we're on the 15. So there's you got like six models that are actually actively being supported. So it's yeah, it's the way to go. So, uh, but with that said, um, that closes out our episode for this week. Uh, we'll certainly be back uh, hopefully on uh, Saturday for some more news. I've already got one article that kind of bit interesting. Um, Outside of that, uh, this is JD and Riley, and we will catch you guys in the next one. Peace out.